All right. Um, you guys, uh, most of you guys know Patrick Deardall. He was a longtime member of this community. Um, if you've met him, you would never forget him because he's a strange, strange man. And um, he recently moved away this past summer to pursue his doctorate degree and something religious related uh, in Virginia. So he's gone. But um, he was in the same program as Neil and I were in a different year. And uh, for all of us in that program, we have to give a, a, a Master's of Divinity thesis, which is a long paper and then a presentation in public where we talk about what we wrote about. And I don't remember anything about what his topic was or if it was good at all. Um, but I do remember this thing that he did, which was very strange, right? When he got up there, when we started the presentation, he put on this movie in the background. And this is so Patrick. It's, it was like this artsy Russian film by uh, Tarkovsky, which is his director. And he just had it going on in the background during his talk. And he said in the beginning, the reason that he wanted it up there was that this movie has this weird feeling to it that uh, he was hoping would create anxiety in the audience. So that the audience during his talk would be sitting there and somehow this movie going on would make, make us anxious. Um, I don't know if it actually worked, but that was his intention. Uh, I bring that up because I don't have any Russian art movie to show you, but there is something about that feeling or um, that idea that I want to put forth as an, uh, an initial mood or tenor of what I'm trying to go for here. This idea of um, listening to these words with somewhat of an anxious heart. Um, this Advent season, uh, in case you don't remember what Advent is, it's, it's the season just before Christmas. Everyone has an anxious So this is Advent. It's a time just before Christmas. And uh, I know it's a little confusing for some people who didn't grow up with Advent. I'm one of them. Uh, but you could think of it as Advent as a time of waiting, of expectation, of hope. Uh, Advent, though, it's a Latin word that comes from a Greek word, parousia, which is a term often used to talk about the coming of Christ or the second coming of Christ. In other words, we're supposed to be, spiritually speaking, uh, in a moment before the Messiah actually comes, which is, again, like I said, this idea of a moment of waiting, of expectation, of hoping. And so during this, these last few weeks, during this Advent season, I've been, um, there's been a question in my mind that has like kept coming up as I think about what is Advent to me, what is Advent to me, what is important about Advent to me, this question that keeps popping up that I can't shake, right? And the question is this, can you see it? Can you see it? There is something coming, allegedly, to us, right? Or at least we expect something to come. Uh, we've been told it's on its way. Uh, and so we're waiting here, we're looking out into the world, into the distance, um, and asking ourselves in some sense, can you see it? I think there's a way of reading that question uh, that's very rosy in a Christmas sort of way. You can imagine uh, a scene where it's winter and you're bundled up and you look very nice and you have a hot chocolate in your hand and you're looking into the night sky with excited eyes, um, almost like you're waiting for Santa or something, right? Can you see it? Can you see it? That is not the kind of... Um, way I want to pursue that question, right, is sort of anti that, right? The thing I have in mind is more of uh, like what you would see like in a, in a, in a war movie or like, uh, like a dystopian sci-fi thriller like in the desert wasteland, like huddled masses with ragged clothes, moonshine instead of hot chocolate, uh, staring wildly into the night, 
with eyes that are just crazed, darting around, trying to see this thing, trying to wait to see this thing that's supposed to be coming. Those who are waiting, who are expecting, who are hoping, uh, are those who, for whom there is a need, right? There is despair, there is desperation. In some way, this it, this coming of the Messiah is only visible for those who want it. I want to read again that Oscar, Oscar Romero, um, I think it's a poem, but I'm not really quite sure. It might be an excerpt from one of his journals that Eric read for us. I want to read it again with that in mind. No one can celebrate a genuine Christmas without being truly poor. The self-sufficient, the proud, those who, because they have everything, look down on others, those who have no need even of God, for them there will be no Christmas. Only the poor, the hungry, those who need someone to come on their behalf will have that someone. That someone is God, Emmanuel, God with us. Without poverty of spirit, there can be no abundance of God. Right, that, that, that's actually, they're doing it much better than Tarkovsky could. Um, but I think this is a truly, truly daunting statement. Only those who need someone to come on their behalf will have that someone. And so with that in mind, this question again of can you see it uh, takes on a different dimension, right? It's, it's, its answer is inseparable from the circumstance of the one who asked the question. In an even stranger way, the answer uh, to the question is directly tied to the actions of the one who asks it, right? That the Messiah comes in some way is up to me somehow. It's not so much that I'm blind to it being there in front of me. It's more that it shows up or it doesn't show up because of me. That maybe uh, it is within me, right? Can, I, can you see it? Do I see it in myself? I think this is like a very, um, it's revealing of, of a strangeness that exists in Christian thought, which is this constant anxiety of the tension between um, this idea that we know how a story ends and being in a place where the story is still being written. So in every moment there is this tension between knowing that God, you know, he promises victory, liberation, and justice and love, but we're living in anxiety because that promise so often seems unreal in the midst of real life. In every moment, there is this, uh, there's supposed to be this comfort of the proclamation that Christ has come, the Messiah has come, the Savior has come, but it's met with that anxiety that screams out, when is it coming? And this is an anxiety, again, uh, I think known only to the person, only to those who actually dare to ask the question, can you see it? It is an anxiety that is actually the byproduct of that waiting, of that hoping, of that watching. And I think, I would say at its root, it's motivated by the sense that what we want to see is somehow already here, it's somehow already within us, somehow it depends on us, and yet we don't know quite, a, quite how to make it appear for us. So kind of changing the question, right? Um, from can you see it to do you want to see it? Are you ready to see it? It's a question that lingers in my mind a lot, right? And I take it that, it, for me, it's at the heart of this Advent thing. Um, or even beyond, I mean, forget Advent if that's a confusing 
concept to you. It's at the heart of this idea of seeing God in the world or seeing God in flesh or seeing God in ourselves or seeing God in other people. In John the Baptist's famous proclamation in that Matthew, uh, that Matthew verse we read, right? he says, prior to the arrival of the adult Jesus, repent for the kingdom of God is near. Right? It's a very famous uh, quote from the Bible. What he could have added, what I think maybe would have been helpful to add, is something like, and the kingdom of God is near for those who repent. That given that guaranteed ending, that promise is there for those who have made it a promise for them, who have put themselves in a position to actually see it. And I think this is a very hard thing to do, to get in that position, because we want to see a picture, or we have an expectation of a picture that is much prettier, I think, than we're actually told it will look like. That the incarnate God, that the Christ whose face is human, uh, is actually a very unexpected and shocking and almost disgusting thing. Uh, I want to read another excerpt. I apologize for the many excerpts I'm reading, but... um, This one is from a book that uh, Neil and I have talked about a lot in this space or used a lot in this space. It's it's called My Bright Abyss um, by the poet and writer Christian Wyman. And it goes like this. In Seattle once, when I was 21 and working at some crap temp job downtown, I used to spend my lunch hours near the docks. One particular day when everything was crisp, blue, and new, and even the molten man emerging from the metal which, uh, with which they were working and the bickering gulls uh, buoyed up in the gusts and my own release from numbing office efficiency seemed to verge on some mysterious, tremendous articulation of light and time. Suddenly a tattered, uh, gangrenous man staggered toward me with his arms out like a soul in hell. He continues, Modern spiritual consciousness is predicated upon the fact that God is gone and spiritual experience for many of us amounts mostly to an essential, deeply felt and necessary but ultimately inchoate and transitory feeling of oneness or unity with experience. It is mystical and valuable but distant. Christ, though, is a shard of glass in your gut. Christ is God crying, I am here. And here, not only in what exalts and completes and uplifts you, but here in what appalls, offends, and degrades you. Here in what activates and exacerbates all that you would call not God. To walk through the fog of God toward the clarity of Christ is difficult because of how unlovely, how ungodly that clarity often turns out to be. I thrust my lunch into that man's hands, one of which was furred green as if with mold were growing on it, and I fled end of his, his excerpt there. Appalling, offending, degrading, um, right? The story of this baby born amongst animals from a mother who is uh, pregnant out of wedlock, uh, a family of refugees, outsiders in their own land, uh, but the one that is occupied. And if you extend the story out, that story says that that child is born ultimately to be rejected, to be executed um, by those in power. Do you want to see that? 
Right? Do you, is that something you want to see? Is that something we want to see? So along with that, these burning Advent questions that I'm, I'm putting forth, um, I want to sort of bookend it uh, by talking about this metaphor that I've been meditating on, which is that the coming Christ or the coming Messiah is sort of like a light. And this light uh, is something that we can't see with normal eyes. It's illumination, it's possibility of illumination depends on where we are, where we're standing, um, how long we've been looking for it. It's like trying to see stars uh, amidst the light pollution in a city. Can't, can't make it out. It's obscured and washed away. And it's only when we are willing to sit in absolute darkness, uh, in a place so dark that you can't even see your own hand in front of your face, a darkness that's so uncomfortable that it makes us anxious, that perhaps makes us fearful. When we're in that kind of darkness, our eyes can finally adjust enough to see even that smallest hint of light that's coming in the distance. That position, that capability of being in that place to see that light, that is sort of the poverty of spirit. Oscar Romero uh, reminds us is necessary for us to experience Christmas, right? It's the anxiety of the one who is waiting and watching, um, who needs someone, uh, who needs a Messiah, who comes out of the fog that Christian Wyman talks about, that out of that fog, a Christ whose face is unsettling um, in its very real and shocking humanity. Can you see that, can you see that kind of God coming? That is, my, that is the end of my question. So, I want us to do a sort of big group discussion today. We're not going to break out. And... Part of, part of the intention really here is like in this last week before we go into our big Sunday on the 20th where uh, we're going to have a, a big band and we're going to do all the fun, cheery, joy to the world type lovely stuff um, that we have kind of this week now before that day comes to really be in that position, you know. And I, I was thinking on one hand that it was a very easy time in the world to, to sort of sit in darkness because the world is so dark around us, right? And there's so much, uh, there's so much shit going on, so much, um, so much in the world right now that is deeply upsetting. Um, but what does that mean for that darkness around us to become part of our own darkness, right? To become part of our own waiting. And so the question I want us to try to answer together, and I'm asking that if you want to, you can volunteer and um, offer up in front of everybody here is what is something uh, in your life that you are waiting for? This is basically similar to the question that Neil asked us last Sunday, if you were there. Um, a little bit reframed in terms of that waiting being a dark thing, that waiting being an anxious thing, a painful thing perhaps. What are the things that we're waiting for in our lives? Um, whether it be for something happening in the political world, whether it is a deeply personal thing about your family or waiting for 
love in your life or whatever, or a stable job and that sort of, what are the things that we are waiting for that um, we need someone for? 